Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening, and welcome to uh, this week's Man on the Post Extra Time, the first extra time of the season, as you might have heard from the fanfare on Sunday. Uh, I'm your host, I'm Chris, and with me back for his second appearance on the podcast, I've got Chad. Greetings, Chris, and everybody listening to the podcast. Excellent. Is it Thanksgiving Day today? That's right. Here, I'm sitting here in snowy Denver, Colorado, on a wonderful Thanksgiving Day. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. Although, as they were British colonists, should you not be wishing me a happy Thanksgiving? Well, maybe, yeah. What comes first? Is a chicken or the egg scenario? Or the turkey. Or a turkey, yeah. <laughs> the turkey and the egg. The turkey and the egg. There you go. <laughs> um, right, this week we're going to be talking about the Champions League matches. We're going to be looking forward to the Premier League matches. And our uh, all-time Premier League five-side team this week is Sunderland. So, get your thinking caps on for that one. We certainly have had two here. Um... First of all, we'll start on Tuesday night. We'll start with Chelsea. Maccabi nil, Chelsea 4. Uh, Tim Cahill prodded in a rebound from his header. Uh, Oscar Zuma and then William with a rather gorgeous free kick as well. Did you see this one? I just saw the highlights. He saw the highlights. Well, Cahill scored after Tim Cahill. Not Tim Cahill, Gary Cahill. He scored after 20 minutes, but of course they had to wait till the 73rd minute for the second goal. Um, William free kick is the sixth of the season, uh, which is his most... Goals from a direct free kick uh, in the top five leagues in Europe. So he's doing very well with those. Chelsea would be nowhere without him, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, he's the free, quick, the free kick wizard for them, that's for sure. Yeah, I saw um, a Chelsea fan I follow on Twitter this week. He said, this is a list of all uh, my Chelsea player nominees for player of the season. It was brilliant. And that was it. There we go. Well, that could be pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, Paul Bow, uh, Ben Tal Ben Hayim, he got sent off against his former club. Um, he sort of out Costa as he gave him a couple of thwacks and sent him flying. Um, Chelsea are top now of their group with 10 points. Porto are on 10 and Dino Kiev are on 8. You saw Porto Kiev, didn't you? I did. And what did you make to those two? Are there any of those you think likely to topple Chelsea off the top spot? Um, well, looking at the fixtures here, it looks like Chelsea have to, they will be hosting Porto. And the final match day, so that helps them to probably gives them a slight edge. Can also considering they're they're plus five in the goal differential, but I'm not sure what the tiebreakers are these days. I think there's a head to head, doesn't it? If it's more head to head. So looking at that, it looks like Porto beat Chelsea two to one in Portugal. They did. Well, that'd be ironic, wouldn't it? If it was uh, Mourinho's old team that dumps him out the Champions League. Oh, uh, that's true. It could be, and I forgot about that. I guess. Uh, well, why is it saying something's wrong here? The list I'm looking at says that they've advanced to the knockout stage, but they haven't. No, Kiev got eight points, haven't Yeah, so I'm looking at the wrong list. So it's confusing to me a little bit. But yeah, so Kiev, you'd have to think that they would be the favorites, especially playing at home against Maccabee. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, so Chelsea have to go and basically get a win to, co- to cement qualification. Well, it's easier said than done, isn't it, with Chelsea at the moment? Because you might think that um, they're at home, but, I mean, their home form this season is nothing to write home about, is it? It's been poor, and, and Porto is one of the most underrated clubs in all the world, I think. Yes. They're very consistent, and they get into the Champions League pretty much to the knockout stages every year, and they're pretty much a selling club. Yeah, they've got this model, haven't they, where they make profits on players that they pick up for cheap. Uh, exactly. They're, they're quite an interesting case, to be honest. Um, next up, Chelsea in the league, they're, they're your people. They're away at White Hart Lane. That is right, and I'm looking forward to that. That's the early kickoff on Sunday, I do believe. What was the score last time they met? Do you remember? Well, it was in the uh, that uh, the League Cup final. Oh no, in the league. Sorry. Oh, oh in the league. Yeah. Sorry. Well, in the league. Yeah, it was a that was the the thriller at White Hart Lane. Was it ended up being like what five three. That's the one. Yeah. Um, Harry Kane has scored seven in his last four matches. He's back again, isn't he? I don't know how those Spurs are doing tonight because they're playing the Europa League at the moment. Was nil That's nil right. They time. they they won the match one nil in Azerbaijan. On, I guess, a goal by who? He's one of our own, Harry Kane? Harry Kane, yes. Did he? <laughs> so, a nice little pop back across from, where are they? Are they in Kazakhstan? Uh, they were in Baku, Azerbaijan. So, that's going to be pretty level on latitude with somewhere like India or somewhere, hasn't it? So, they've got to come all the way back now. Uh, probably ride back sort of late Friday or, I don't know, Saturday? That's not yeah, it's preparation, a, is it? Yeah, no, I heard it's something like a six-hour flight. Hmm. From Baku to London. Yeah, and then you've got to go play Chelsea on a Sunday. Yeah, so not a not ideal situation, but uh, hey, the the FA and the Premier League don't really try to help English clubs out, and maybe that's something we could get to at the end of this conversation. Yeah, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? That um, they wouldn't lose their coefficient or anything like that. Uh, Eden Hazard scored three in his last matches, uh, or three goals in his last three games versus. I've got that wrong. He has scored in his last three games versus Spurs. That's what I should have said. Um, Chelsea, their last six away games have been five losses and one draw in the league. Yeah, their form hasn't been great, as we all know, but maybe that result they got at home against the Canaries this past weekend might set them out on a better course. But uh, again... I still think Spurs can get a result, especially being at home, but as you did say, Eden Hazard has been a thorn in their side, and they, they have a hard time you know, marking him, as most clubs do. Yeah, well, they beat West Ham 4-1 last week, didn't they? So things are looking up. Uh, definitely. They're on a 12-game unbeaten streak in the Premier League. Yes, it goes back to the start of the season, doesn't it? That game yep. against United. So, yeah. So Pochettino's doing a, a pretty good job with the the roster that he has to work with. Mm. Um, well, your friends down the road, Arsenal, they beat Dynamo uh, Zagreb 3-0. There was two from Sanchez, one from Ozil. Um, they can qualify, you know. Bayern Munich are on 12 points, Olympian Plus are on 9, Arsenal are on 6. Uh, so victory by two goals, or if they score three, one goal, uh, over Olympian Plus will be enough for them to qualify. I would say that they have a a fairly decent chance of doing just that. Um, the results broke their way. Munich crushed Olympiacos, which helped them because if Olympiacos would have gotten any type of result, uh, Arsenal would have been eliminated. Hmm. 
So, um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, that trip to Greece is not easy, and I know historically in Europe, British teams have struggled in Greece. I know, I think it was Spurs and Man U a couple years ago, both played there, and they were the first sides to actually get wins in Greece in something like five or six years. Mm. Yeah. So it's not an easy place to go to, and Olympiakos will be up for it, knowing that uh, qualification is up for grabs. I don't think they've qualified too many times before, if any. So this, you know, with it being in their hands, I think it's something they would want to, um, something they definitely want to do. Uh, Mesut Erzul has been involved in eleven goals in the last nine matches. Um, he really is key to them at the moment, which is Sanchez's as well, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's a he's a playmaker, and he creates a lot of chances. And a lot of the times that the chances that he creates are so good <laughs> that the strikers and the other wieners at Arsenal can't get on the end of those passes. And so even though I'm no big fan of Arsenal, obviously, I, I find it a bit odd that Ozil is a, a player who is so often criticized for a lack of perceived quality. He is, isn't he? He's often he's often one of the first to be sort of punched down. But maybe that is because people know how talented he is, that they give him such a hard time for it. Suppose. Yeah, maybe they expect him to be world class with every touch which is <laughs> nobody does that not even Messi no um, well, Paul Olympiacos they lost 4-0 to Bayern Munich did you see any of the goals from this one? Um, not nothing that stands at my head I saw them but I don't really remember them uh, I like Thomas Muller's celebration you see that he, um, the, the Robin header back across the goal from Muller to tap in he took his gloves off and he shook the hand of Robin which I oh yes it was. I've heard people saying that that should be more of a gentlemental, <laughs> a gentleman's celebration. Yeah, well, then you get back to the subject of football and wearing gloves, which I don't think is something. I don't. Well, I guess I'll, I don't know. How cold was it? I wouldn't there. Agree with that, would you? Germany can get pretty cold. Germany can get cold. I get disappointed with players wear long sleeves, though. So that's probably show more toughness. Thomas exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And. Um, well, next up for Arsenal, they're away at Norwich. Uh, aforementioned Norwich. They've lost five out of their last six. Uh, and against Arsenal in the Premier League era, they've won one out of 13. I think Arsenal might win this one. I would say it's almost a certainty. <laughs> this is the game when last year Arsenal got in trouble with the uh, environmental authorities because they flew to Norwich. I don't know if you know your, where Norwich is particularly, but it's uh, involved an eight-minute flight. Okay. Well, I know from my cursory knowledge of the roadways there. I know Norwich is kind of difficult to get to. It is. I think it saves something like a two-hour journey by coach. Yeah, so... Wenger's justification. Uh-huh, but an eight-minute flight, sure. They got money, right? Yeah. Stan, Stan Kroenke does, so... <laughs> they got a carbon footprint now as well. So why not? But, uh, yeah, Norwich, looking at their form here, looks like they've lost five out of their last six. Yeah. Which is not great, and obviously Arsenal... I've won four out of the last six in the league, so just in terms of form and then overall class and talent, Arsenal are the heavy favorites to get a result, and especially coming off a disappointing performance they had against the Baggies. Yeah. I would suggest, though, that um, Alex Neal isn't the kind of Premier League manager I would want to say to his face that his team won't do That is true. We talked about that last time. Oh, we did, didn't we? Sorry. Was that you, you probably get like a a good punch to your nose. 
Uh, yes, I think you probably will. <laughs> Glasgow Kiss, as he probably said. Um, yes. <laughs> so this, you watch this next game, you get some kind of uh, honorary medal for this. You watched the whole of Manchester United PSV. I did. And can you talk me through each and every single minute? Well, um, do you have a you have a pillow ready? <laughs> Maybe some chamomile tea too to help yeah. finish the job. Chloroform. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a. Uh, I was just interesting to me that Manchester United at home could not, they didn't create hardly anything. And you'd have to argue that PSV actually had the better chances to actually score a goal and win the match. Um, and this is a problem that we've seen with uh, Manchester United under Louis van Hall this year, especially. I don't know what the deal is if he's, he's not allowing the players to express themselves or he just doesn't have enough attacking talent there uh, but they'll be very disappointed not to win that match Thanks. and now qualification for them is going to be a really bad, a big battle I think because they have to travel to Germany to take on Wolfsburg yeah that's no, that's no mean feat is it um, Wolfsburg on 9 points, United second late PSV on 7 so United have to beat Wolfsburg and hope CSK Moscow beat PS, uh, PSV so and PSV will be at home in that Moscow match. Oh, will they? So it makes it a little bit tougher. But Moscow is a quality side too. So um, I don't know what would happen if it if they the same United loses and PSV draws. I guess PSV would go through based off a draw and a win. Yeah. Yes, they got a better head-to-head against you. Absolutely. Yeah. They so United. so United needs a win. Yeah, three points at Wolfsburg to guarantee qualification. So, uh, and Plan B for Manchester United was um, Fellaini coming off the bench. Yes, and I still find that so very odd. Did the fans enjoy that? I don't know. Maybe some of the female fans who have his phone number. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, were they, they sort of were they booing him again as he came on, or anything like that? Because that's what happened to him before. Oh, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head of that happening. I think he came on for Martial and the uh, and the, a couple of weeks ago in the Champions League, and the fans yeah. weren't happy with that at all. And as they shouldn't be, a club like Manchester United shouldn't be tossing on, uh, you know, a midfielder to play as a a target forward when they need a goal in the last you know ten minutes of a match. No. Uh, well, next up this weekend, it's uh, first v second in the Premier League, isn't it? Is it? It is. Manchester United versus Leicester City. Leicester City. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. That is one-two. Um, now, ever since Rupert Murdoch invented football in 1992, uh, no player has gone more than ten games consecutively scoring. Uh, Jamie Vardy could do it this weekend against Ruben Nistelrooy, who currently owns the record. He could do it against Manchester United. That's right, yeah. We talked about that on our show earlier in the week. Yeah. And... I don't know what his odds are. Um, when you look at Manchester United, their goals against is actually, I think, top in the league. Yeah. So, so defensively, they're very sound. It's just they don't offer much going forward. It depends. If, they got, if they're going to have Smalling and Blint, then you would kind of think that Vardy's pace against Daily Blint would be um, something that Leicester would, would, would want to look at, wouldn't you? Yeah. That's definitely something that they'd want to look at because they got other players who are speedy as well so 
they might be able to spread out that United defense a good ways. Well, they're not a one-man team, are they? This is what you were saying on your podcast. You've got Joey, you've got um, Okazaki, you've got Mares as well. They're not a one-man team with Vardy by any tr- uh, stretch of imagination, are they? No, they've got three or four pretty quality players, and they're all performing pretty well right now. So, And I'm just looking at this, that they're at home as well. So, hey, maybe they'll do it, and Vardy will break the record of my co-host was calling... Uh, the Horseface. current record holder Van Horseface, <laughs> which is pretty humorous. And <laughs> um, of course, this was five three as well last season, wasn't it? Oh, it was. I forgot about that. Yeah, they were three one up United, weren't they? Mm hmm. Um, Eighteen goals in their last four meetings. All right. Well, they. Then it sounds like Vardy, based off, you know, the last few fixtures, may have a chance to tally that. 11th goal. Yeah, they've got a tough run of games coming up, Leicester. They've got, um, uh, they've got Manchester City, Chelsea, uh, Liverpool, Swansea, and of course United on Saturday. So, um, Claudio Ranieri said, that, said today that the target for Leicester is still 40 points. It's probably a bit premature to be talking about a Europa League spot or anything else, isn't it? I mean, really, if you are Leicester, all you want to do is just not get relegated still. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, you could raise your high your sights a little higher than that, but I would think that's him probably just trying to center his squad. Yeah. To get them to kind of focus on the task at hand. Yeah. Maybe take some of the pressure off. I mean, what they're twelve points away <laughs> from that forty point mark. Uh, there's they're not going to get relegated unless you know six or seven players blow their knees out simultaneously. Which nobody would like to see. No, that would be horrible. <laughs> yes, I don't want that to happen. Uh, Leicester's a great story, and I hope they stay up there in the mix as long as they can. Yeah. Uh, well, they've recovered 10 points from losing positions this season, Leicester, which is the most in the Premier League. Um, and their 13 games have involved 48 goals, both for and against them. So, yeah, they are definitely fun to see. Um, moving on as well to our other uh, representatives in the Champions League, we've got Manchester City, who lost 1-0 to Juventus. Um, did you see this goal, Mandzukic's header? Was there a foul on Mendy? Do you think? Um, I remember seeing the highlight and them discussing it yesterday. Hmm. Hmm. I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'd have to see it again. It's not too fresh in my mind. Oh, going back to Manchester United. Uh, Roy Keane has come out and condemned Wayne Rooney for going to watch the wrestling the other week. Did you see this? No, I did not. Uh, I have no idea who the wrestler is. My, my days, my wrestling knowledge goes back still to like Big Van Vader and people like that. So I've got no idea who this bloke was. Uh, Wayne Rooney at the WrestleMania, or whatever it was, he gave him a slap. Um, it's all part of the theatrics to all. And Roy Keane has come out and said that he shouldn't be doing that. He should be concentrating on playing his football. Well, I think that's a little over the top. I don't think but Roy I... Keane does fun, does he? No, that's true. He's very serious. And surprised, I'm sure. I'm surprised he hasn't started a wrestling career. As some, as sometime as an enforcer figure. Why you think he might be some kind of tag team against somebody? Yeah, he could be one of those, a classic villain for sure. You fancy him against Lord Stephen Regal or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. Go back to Manchester City. Uh, Sterling missed that sitter as well, and that save from Buffon. Did you see the save from Buffon? I did. I saw that. That was fantastic. Yes, he is. Even he's getting up there in age, but he still uh, comes up when needed. 
I think he's probably the only professional footballer left that's actually older than him. Yeah. <laughs> so it gives me some hope still. Uh, Jeff Hart was injured in this, speaking of goalkeepers. I did. Now, I saw it was misleading because I, I saw that he got pulled out. And then the picture they showed on the article was him with, like, a bloody eye. And I was like, oh, man, he got punched. And then they said, oh, no, it's his hamstring. So it must have been a an old picture they were running to try to get some clicks. Oh, I thought it was his groin. Okay, well, yeah, something with his leg. Which I, had isn't... Ra- I had a rather witty thing about the fact he's been using it off the pitch quite a lot lately, his groin. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's bad news for City because... Legs are very important for a goalkeeper, obviously. So if he's got any type of hamstring injury, that will certainly limit what he's going to be able to do in the coming weeks. Um, Pellegrini says it's impossible to know how long he's out for. Uh, Patrice Evra played in this game, became only the second French player to make 100 Champions League games. Really? Yeah. Who's the first? Who's the first? Who? I don't know. It'll be Zidane? Terry Henry, Thierry Henry. Oh, yeah. Let's see. I block him out of my head for obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, finishing top is very important. Um, City's still got a chance to finish top because they finished second the last two seasons and they got Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to even have that as a possibility in your first knockout round. No, not at all. Uh, well, they're next up there at home, Southampton in the Premier League. Uh, Graziano Pelli is suspended for this. Um both these teams lost last time out. City lost 4-1 to Liverpool. Uh, Southampton lost to Stoke. Uh, they were unbeaten in their previous five. Um, this is one that the Etihad. How do you see this one good? Um, I would say you'd have to put your money on Manchester City to get through. Uh, Southampton lost last week. Oh, they've been playing okay, but yeah, without Pella in the lineup. He's been the guy who's they've been counting on for goals. So I don't see how they could score enough goals unless City don't show up, which they have been. City's been very erratic hmm. from game to game in terms of their goal-scoring exploits. How do you feel about a Manchester City fan? I think it must be terrible not knowing what they, how they're going to be when they turn up. Yeah, but again, I don't feel too sorry for them. <laughs> When you have the roster and the players at their disposal. Well, I suppose so, you're right, yeah. There's 91 other league clubs that can probably uh, don't feel too bad about how they Yeah, get. but I could see, if you are a fan, you, it has to be really frustrating to know the quality that they have, but sometimes they just don't bother to turn up. No, why do you think that is? I mean, these are um, elite athletes at the very top of their game. Someone like Sergio Aguero, he's a, he's a world-class player. Um, why do you... Why would someone just think, oh, I'm not going to bother this week? I don't know. Maybe it's a, it could be a coaching thing. I don't know what the atmosphere is around there. I know Pellegrini's job week to week is always in question with all those pep rumors floating mm-hmm. around. I don't think that helps. I think that's put puts people a lot of pressure. If you know that there's a good chance, and it's been reported you know, in Germany and England that it's a done deal, who knows? I, I doubt that. But with all that, you know, hanging over the head, maybe you don't want to work that extra much for a manager that you know is on his way out. I don't know. Yeah, because you had this with um, Mancini and uh, Mark Hughes as well, didn't you? But every now and then they would, I mean, normally against Sunderland, they'd come up against some team that they're expected to be, and he'd sort of 
their ash drops out of them and they, yeah. they just don't play, do they? Well, that's a good point. And maybe it's more of a a cultural club thing mm. to where, you know, they kind of rocket it up so quick with the money and maybe they just haven't established that. They don't have that core yeah. of players who are City. You know, they're, for better or worse, I get you you would call most of their roster mercenaries. Mm. And so maybe when you're just there for a paycheck, and I'm not saying all of them are there, I mean, uh, but I think that has some factor into it, perhaps. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if you look at Barcelona, you've got all those players that came through La Masia. You had the Class of 92 at United. Uh, Bayern Munich, you've got, um, you've got Neuer and you've got uh, Muller that came through the ranks there as well. Until recently, you had Schweinsteiger and Lahm and people like that. So maybe that is quite important, isn't it? I think it is, and I think you'll see that more and more. Um, I don't know what the status of the homegrown rules are. I know there was a proposal to up those numbers, mm. um, but with the financial fair play now pretty much going out the door, I'm not sure what the status of that proposal is. Yeah, you, you've got people like Richard Wright, who's the third-choice goalkeeper, who counts as a homegrown player, and then you've got Gail Clichy, who's been so long at Arsenal, he counts as a homegrown player. So, I mean, there's... There's ways and means around these things, isn't there? There is, and they've kind of... That's what I'm kind of saying. The core of their team, there's nobody who is really a homegrown player. All their homegrown players are kind of on the edge of the squad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where in the Champions League? Um, Zlatan went home. Did you see this? I did. Uh, that he- was quite the spectacle. It was, wasn't it? He laid on a big TV at a picnic for 10,000 people in the centre of Malware, didn't they? So they could watch him. Yes. And then I saw something to where one of the buildings in the town had a Z lit up. Oh, did it? Yeah, in honour of him, too. So Not for Zorro. Yeah. Yeah, not for Zorro. Zorro is not Swedish. No. Um, the 21,000-seat stadium sold out in 28 minutes for him. He said, I've got goosebumps. I felt like I was home again. No, I believe that. So, no, that is an incredible story. He's uh, very much loved there, for sure. Yeah. And, of course, he scored, didn't he? And he did celebrate a little bit. He did. And then he got a standard ovation from everybody when he was... Uh, he was subbed on 85 minutes, and everyone gave him a big round of applause. Mm-hmm. Do you like to, I, I kind of fell off this Latin bus. I missed that one, I think. I'm not his, I'm not his biggest fan. Are you, are you a fan of his? Um, well, you know, since he's been in the French League, you don't get to see too much of it. Mm. But I think he's a quality player. Uh, but his definitely his persona and his, I guess, how he gets along with the media has really taken him to another level. And he's going to be one of these guys who, when he's done playing, is going to have a pick of any job he wants in the media. Oh, everybody wants him, won't they? Mm-hmm. I can't see him being a pundit in Sweden. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's Latin. He's a <laughs> he. He swims. Uh, you know, he doesn't swim with the school of fish. He swims up river. So who knows? He swims alone. If he was a wife character, it'd be Omar. Yes. <laughs> um. Elsewhere, what else we have? We had uh, Shakhtar three, Roma four. Um, Roma four and a lot of thirteen minutes left after the back of the Classico last week. This must have been. Very big squeaky bum for some of these Roman drip players. Oh, uh, maybe I watched a bit of that match. I didn't even know that the score was 4-3. So, 
hey, fair play to Shakhtar for coming back. Yeah. Caraval's gone. Did you see Caraval's gone? I did not. Uh, where he cuts inside. Um, two or three defenders on the edge of the area. And he must have curled it right from the, the very corner of the 18-yard box. Straight past the keeper. It was fantastic. Modric's goal was pretty good as well. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to check those out. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he should definitely go and have a look at this. Caraval goal in particular was very good. I think it's his wrong foot as well. That's the other thing you have to bear in mind. Um, and Barcelona 6, Roma 1. Now, Edin Dzeko had a chance at 0-0 to uh, put Roma in the lead. Um, he probably wished he would have taken it. Yeah, but would it have mattered? I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. It would have been 6-2. Okay, yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, does that? but does that change the, the flow of the game to where Barcelona has to play the game tactically different? Being down a goal. No. Um, no? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> you know. They had 775 passes to Roma's 308, and they also had 71% possession, so I don't think you're, you're right. I think you don't think it would have made an awful lot of difference. Um, the first ball, I, I don't remember who made it, but I think it might have been Busquets, but for Suarez's first goal, whoever it was, played the most unbelievable through ball to Danny Alves from De Square to Suarez. Did you see that? I did not, because I was watching... Oh, the other one. That's the PSV bar or the PSV Manchester United snoozer. Yeah, so you sat in front of a TV and thought Barcelona Roma or Manchester United PSV. I know which one I go with. Well, yeah, mainly because of the score. Well, all the more admirable is the fact that you carried on watching it when you can, when you knew all these other goals were going in. Well, yeah, because I still found the Manchester United story compelling for whatever reason. <laughs> And I enjoy a little schadenfreude, too. Oh, yeah, well, there is that. A bit of masochism as well, you enjoy, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Messi scored a goal after a 27-pass move, which, after the 40-odd pass move they had in the uh, Classico the other week, probably sees why they had 775 passes. Um, so, with one game left, quite a lot of this is decided. Uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Zenit who have a 100% record, the only team with a 100% record in the Champions League. Uh, they're all through. Um, second place confirmed at the moment are City, or Manchester City, uh, Benfica and PSG. Um, City really, if they can do, have to win because you wouldn't want to face any of those teams in the top spot at the minute, would you? No, and with their recent history with the ping-pong balls or what have you... Uh, they're gonna. They want want to do everything they can to avoid having to play, you know, a Real, a Munich, or a Barca. Yeah, you're not kidding. You probably would be. Um, well, back to the Premier League then. Uh, we've still got some fixtures left to cover. We've got Aston Villa versus Watford. Now, have you seen the Jack Grealish story today? Um, I've heard that he was parting it up and he got in trouble and he's training with the youth team. Is yes. there more? Uh, no. Well, it came on the. Uh, last Saturday night, of course, Saturday they lost 4-0 to Everton. Um, yes. And he decided to go out on the lash in uh, Manchester and got caught. Mm-hmm. Uh, like some kind of throwback to 1980s and Alex Ferguson. Uh, he's been dropped and he's chaining with the uh, reserve team now. Yes. Um, Villa have lost five out of their last six. Uh, they've drawn two and lost ten of their last Premier League games. Now, they've got... Um, Five points in total after 13 games. Only four of the teams who have had this uh, have all gone down. That's QPR, Sheffield Wednesday, Sunderland uh, and Swindon have all got relegated after such 
few amounts of points. Swindon went down with 100 goals conceded against them one year. That was quite good fun. Wow, so you're basically telling me that they're off to the one of the five worst starts in Premier League history. Yeah, they do. Which is Oof. strange, because Aston Villa are a massive, massive club. They're European Cup winners, um, which I know was over 30 years ago, but uh, they're the biggest club in the Midlands, I think. Um, they've got a big ground, they've got a long history of bringing good players through. It's very, very strange how they are where they are. Uh, Ross on this podcast can't stand them. But I've got a very big soft spot for the last Villa. Yeah, and they've got great support too. Yeah, big half. Big half. Um, Bournemouth-Everton. Uh, Bournemouth have lost four out of their last six. They got that draw at the weekend, didn't they, against Swansea. Um, and Everton won two out of their last three, including that four nil against Villa. Um, Bournemouth are lucky, weren't they? Andre Ayo tripped over his own legs and got a penalty. Yeah, we talked about that in our show. I still wasn't Sure, if it was a penalty, but I could see from the referee's standpoint why he called it because he was just at a disadvantage being at a bad angle. I suppose if you're fouled by your own legs, does it still count as a foul? Well, if you're a big enough club. So <laughs> I guess Swansea's a massive club, I guess, now. Yeah. Uh, Lukaku has scored seven out of his um, last seven, uh, seven in seven. Uh, Bournemouth have dropped nine points from winning positions this season. That's going to come back to Bournemouth, isn't it? Yeah, and as I look at the table here, I think they have the worst defense in the Premier League, uh, conceding 27 goals. So that's really what's going to do them in. Yeah, that sounds about right. And the injuries. I mean, that Callum Wilson is quite the talent, and he's out for basically the year. I know they've had some other attacking players out. Um, Yeah, Max Gradle. It's going to be a tough ask for them, and with Lukaku in the form he is, facing the worst defense in the Premier League, I would almost guarantee a Lukaku goal this weekend. He's a fantastic player. I think Chelsea have um, dropped one by selling him. Oh, they did, and I heavily criticized Mourinho. Yeah. When he sold him, it made no sense to me. To you know, basically what they did is they sold Lukaku and brought back Drogba as his replacement. That's very short-term thinking. But, hey, I guess they won a title out of it. So, really, can you can you complain? I don't know. Uh, no, but it's hardly long-term legacy, is it? Yeah, and I guess Mourinho, as we know, he doesn't view things long-term. No. Um, Everton, the only team this season not to have scored a goal from a set-piece. Really? Mm. I don't know what that proves, but... Well, I think it proves that they're missing... Um, old Leighton Banks, very much. Yes. Because he was, if I'm not mistaken, for a while there he was pretty hot on the free kicks, and I think he takes a lot of their corners as well. So. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Um, maybe it's missing, they're either missing the connection at the other end or they're missing the person taking it. Or both. Or both, yeah. <laughs> or possibly. Uh, next up, the Alan Pardew derby, Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh... Newcastle have got seven points out of their last five games, and they're unbeaten eleven versus Palace. Although, of course, last week they had that three 0 reverse to Leicester, didn't they? They did. They kind of uh, they've been a little bit inconsistent, kind of going up and down. The natives are a bit restless at Newcastle, weren't they? When when Ujoa scored that second goal, I think he must have been a mark for the best part of half a minute before he um, headed that goal in. They got very upset, didn't they? Oh no, they did, and. 
for good reason. As I said, Newcastle's kind of like Aston Villa. Pretty big club, great support, and they just don't like... In both cases, you have, I don't know, I don't know maybe dubious ownership, making bad decisions. Yeah. And uh, the those people, they deserve better. Um, I mean, they, they went down just a few years ago, came back up, and I don't think they want to do that again because, as we both know, Jay, if you go back down, the championship is so hard these days, you may never come back up or it may take you five years. So. Yeah, hey, or if you're weak and you go out the other end. No, that too, yeah. Um, Crystal Palace, their home record isn't that good. They won three, drawn one, and lost seven. Yeah, they're pretty much the Road Warriors. They are, aren't they? Which, for a team where you can't imagine Selhurst Park, you think you're very close to the crowd, aren't you? Um, they're sort of on top of you, they make a noise, Palace are quite high up the table. You would kind of automatically assume that um, Selhurst Park would be fortress, but it isn't. Yeah, I've seen those numbers before to where, I think the past couple of years, they've actually had a better road record. Mm. Uh, than a home record, and I w- you would say that Crystal Palace has one of the best home atmospheres in all of England. Mm. Which makes it all the stranger that they uh, that they lose. It is very odd. Um, we've got a red and white stripy derby, Sunderland versus Stoke. Uh, Charlie Adams scored three in his last four matches versus Sunderland, uh, and Stoke have lost one in ten in all competitions. Yeah, this could provide to be a pretty entertaining game and if you're Sunderland you're going to have to find a way to get some points out of this Uh, because it's a winnable game I would say if you show up and play so yeah both sides are kind of similar in nature I would say so yeah they're pretty mean Stoke Uh, Jack Butland's got an 81% uh, shot to save ratio and they've not conceded in their last three matches since Ryan Shawcross has come back I do like Ryan Shawcross. Okay, yeah, no, and Shawcross, you always hear his name linked to bigger sides, but I think in the end people just say, ah, Ryan Shawcross? Nah. Yeah. But he probably is, probably one of the most underrated defenders, but he's he's got a little bit of nasty to him. That's nothing wrong with that. That's good, though. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's what scares away the bigger clubs. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean... Manchester United sold him because Ferguson said they got Gerard Piquet. Uh, Gerard Piquet then got homesick and um, Ferguson instantly regretted selling Shawcross. Yes, that is a famous story. He should be playing for England, though. I honestly think he should be. Well, hey. Well, you don't have too much to choose from, so he deserves at least a chance. Hey, he's no worse than Phil Jones. Oh, he's way better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last couple of games this weekend is the uh, is the West Derby, West Ham versus West Brom. Um, West Ham no clean sheet in their last eight matches and not one in their last four. For their good start to the season, this is kind of what happened last year, wasn't it? They it all started falling down around them. They did, yeah, very similar. Uh, but last season they they were able to hang on until I think January. So um, I guess they're starting to come down a little sooner than then. Uh, but hey, that injury to Dimitri Payet yeah. is really hurting him. He is a great player, and I still can't believe that they got him. I mean, what a what a great transfer that was. Um, but they still, I don't know. I mean, they got hammered last week, as we said. Yeah. So we'll have to see how they respond. 
It is a little. This is the um, all the money coming into the Premier League these days. You've got the new TV deal next season as well. This is where Crystal Palace got Yaron Kabai and uh, and things like that as well. Um, I forgot to say in the last game, uh, Sunderland versus Stoke. It is now the seventh different club matchup um, that Allardyce and Mark Hughes have found themselves in. Holy moly! That's got to be a record. If I had a prize, I'd give it out to whoever could um, tweet us with uh, the other seven. <laughs> yeah, name all seven. Yeah, I don't have a prize, unfortunately, so I've got yeah. nothing to give away. Well, a pat on the back. A pat on the back. There you go. Pat on the back or my soul. You can have one or the other. Um, final game of the weekend is Liverpool versus Swansea. Is Gary Monk under a lot of pressure if they lose this? Well, maybe. I know we discussed it last time I was on the show, and I thought that they would maybe perhaps be a little patient, but I heard even after their draw last week where they came back that the papers are reporting that they are getting in touch with candidates who are in their shortlist to gauge their interests. So um, it might be a little harsh if they go down to Liverpool. Liverpool have been playing fairly well yeah. under Klopp as he gets his system installed. They're winning tonight, isn't it? Okay, and that'll be a, a tough matchup for them. Um, I'm trying to see, where's that game at? It is at Anfield, yes, yeah. I see it here. So, yeah, I don't know if you could expect them to to get any type of points on the road there, but I think the most important thing for him is just to have a good performance. I think so. I mean, he must have seen last weekend's game against Bournemouth and thought, brilliant, this is um, as easy as it's going to get. And for him to then go 2-0 down. Yeah, I thought when I saw it was 2 nothing. I was like, well, if he doesn't come back from this, this is very well could be the end for him. Well, he dropped all those players as well, didn't he? He dropped, um, he dropped Ayu and he dropped um, Sigerson, uh, Gomez, and the, the big names he dropped, didn't he? Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe that's him just trying to send a message saying, hey, you either work or you sit on the bench. Didn't work, though, did it? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's our Premier League roundup at the moment. Now we're going to move on to our um, five side. Uh, this is where we go through all the Premier League teams week by week and we pick out their greatest Premier League five side team. Um, now this week we've gone as far as Sunderland. Um, did you want to give me your team? We've got one goalkeeper, one defender, and then any three others. Sure, we'll kind of walk through this because I haven't really decided on maybe one position, on, two man. positions, so I'll throw it out here. Uh, my all-time Sunderland EPL side, five-a-side, includes that goalkeeper one, Thomas Sorensen. Yeah. Then at defense, when I looked and looked over the list, the name that jumped out to me the most was Phil Bardsley, and I don't know why. Phil Bardsley? Yeah. <laughs> um, but other choices include... Kevin Ball, who kind of played midfield and defense, that'd be a little bit of cheating, but he was a a good club captain for them. And then you have, um, I think he played more fullback, but John Mensah. Oh, we've had another vote for John Mensah, yeah. So those are the three guys in my mix. I don't know if I could really pick one, so we could discuss that further forward. Uh, the rest of my side includes, uh, to get a little flair in the side, um, I'm going to go with Julio Arca. Yeah. Um, then kind of a, ah man, some glue to the side. Let's go Nicky Summerby. Yeah. And then 
at striker, you have no choice but Kel- Kevin Phillips. Kevin Phillips, indeed. Right. I'm on for Thomas Sorensen, uh, Emerson Tome. Um, that's probably just in a bit to try and entice Laura back onto the show. She's not been on for a while. Uh, then I've gone for Jordan Henderson, Jackarini, and Kevin Phillips. Uh, Mark has gone for Thomas Sorensen, Michael Gray, Julio Walker, Chris Waddle, um, and Kevin Phillips. At, on Twitter, we've got uh, at CClark85. We've got Sorensen, Mentor, Arca, Phillips, Nar Quinn, and his disco pants. Um, at ARPM57, hanging on in there uh, with Craig Gordon, Michael Gray, Don Hutchinson. Um, Jordan Henderson, Kevin Phillips, and Tom from the Sunday shows on Jurgen Macho, Naren Nosworthy, Kelvin Atuhu, Ryder Preacher, and Kevin Kyle, rather optimistically. Um, so in goal, we've got Thomas Sorensen, four votes, Jurgen Macho, and Craig Gordon with one vote. So I'd imagine Thomas Sorensen is a given. Yes, and I'm surprised that we did not get any votes for Minolay. Of course, yeah. Which is surprising, but I went with Sorensen over him, so okay. I have no problem with that. Uh, right, defence, we've got uh, Michael Gray, two votes, John Mentor, two votes. Um, you went for Phil Barsley or John Mentor. So why did why John Mentor over Michael Gray then? Um, I cannot give you a compelling argument, so I will leave it up to you. Uh, Who passed your eye tests? I would suggest John Mentor because he was quite a good. He was a very underrated player. He was, was he captain for Ghana when they played um, uh, when they played in the World Cup four years ago? Remember when they got to the semi final and Luis Suarez or the quarter final? Luis Suarez handled it on the line, didn't he? Um, I don't know if he was captain, but he was an integral part of that squad. Yeah, well, let's go for John Mentor then. Okay. I just realised as I said that I forgot to put Asamoah Gyan in my team. I know he was on my short list as well, and then. Yeah, the thing with this was uh, not a lot of great players, but a whole lot of you know average to above average players. So this was a pretty difficult thing. Yeah, you have Gian, who I'm a big fan of. I don't know for some reason I have a a soft spot in my heart too for Cessignon. Oh yeah, yeah. I went for Jacarini for much the same reason. Oh, yeah, Jacarini. Yeah, I like his game as well. So yeah, um. Kevin Phillips has got three votes. Uh, Jordan Henderson has got two. Well, I vote for Jordan Henderson purely for Liverpool, really. Um, which is probably for the wrong reason for voting for him, other than the fact he plays my he's captain of my club. Um, I think Kevin Phillips is a given as well, isn't he? Yes. Okay, so we've got a couple of positions to argue over. So you've gone for. See, I remember Nicky Summerby when he played at Leicester, and he wasn't great. And I know we're picking a Sunderland team, but I haven't seen him in the flesh. Plus his dad was much better as well. Yeah, he's more of a, you know, one of them cult players. Yeah. Not a whole lot of end result, but I looked at his numbers when I was comparing them to people like Seb Larson as another guy that I was thinking about. And he, he actually has scored more goals for Sunderland in terms of, you know, goals per match. We're higher than a lot of these guys, so. Okay, well, you got the Julio Arca same as somebody else. Uh, Julio Arca. Oh, Julio Arca. Um... So he would have been on here arguing his case as well. Yeah. As I said, this is a, a tough, tough side to pick. Well, I'll tell you what. If I give you Julio Arca, can I have Jacarini? Oh, yeah. No problem. Because I'm still upset I didn't get Quaresma last week. So I want some kind <laughs> of flair player that is distinctly average to everybody else in. So, all right. Well, that's our team. All right. Let's, uh, 
let's take, let's put it, throw him out there, throw the ball out, and let's see who we can beat with that sack. Yeah, well, we've got Thomas Sorensen in goal, uh, John Mentor in defence, Willie Walker, uh, Jack Rini, and Kevin Phillips up front. Uh, so I pull my name out of my hat for next week, um, and we have got we've got Stoke City. That'd be good. We've got we can have our Bojan Afalai and Shakiri. Yeah, almost, huh? That's yeah, that, that'll be another interesting side to pick. That's not a bad five-side team, is it? It'll be pretty good, I think. So, yeah, I'll, I'll send in mine on Twitter next week for you guys for sure. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, when's next for the two Duff Yanks? When are we going to hear something from that next? Um, I'm not quite sure. With the holiday, my co-host is out traveling the country with his family, but I think we'll be back probably next Monday. Next Monday. Okay, and if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, you can follow me. My personal account on Twitter is at Chadwicks22. Okay. And then the show is just at Two Daft Yanks. Okay, uh, and give them a follow. I can highly recommend it, definitely. Um, if you want to give Man of the Post a follow, it's uh, at Man of the Post. Manofthepost.com is the website. Um, if you want to give me a follow, my Twitter is at CRMBand. If you want to leave us a review, um, you can... Great reviews on iTunes. Colin, I still think, has got some um, free fragments left. Uh, so, all that remains to be said. Or if you want to respond to our um, Man of the Post uh, five-a-side teams, you can do that and send us your um, Stoke City ones as well, because we de- we'll definitely include your name for next week. Um, and all that remains to be said is always... Rem- oh, I keep missing this. is it. I should have script this stuff. But I keep forgetting we've got another show now. I've got the Sunday show as well, haven't we, with uh, Colin and Ross and everybody. So give that one a download on Monday. This will be seen as the edited, I'm sure. But uh, that would definitely say, always remember to keep your man on the post. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo!